0: Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater, presented by the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we're going to bring you an episode of Climax, the anthology series uh, that was originally broadcast on live television. The original air date, December the 2nd, 1954. It's Season 1, Episode 7, and the title is An Error in Chemistry.
1: Live from Television City in Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien, starring in tonight's production of IMAX! A great new hour long dramatic series from Hollywood. Brought to you by Chrysler Corporation. Makers of these five great cars Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, and Imperial. Chrysler Corporation. The Forward Look. (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, your host for Chrysler Corporation, William Lundigan. Good evening. All right.
2: There it is. You all see it. Now, watch this. Now, where is it? Is it, uh... Here? 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 Uh Uh-uh. You're wrong. Here it is. And there we are. And that's the kind of a story we're doing tonight. It was written by the winner of the Nobel Prize for Literature, William Faulkner. It's called An Error in Chemistry. It stars Edmund O'Brien. Now, to begin...
3: and the lady was the reason. Don't give that boy that razor. One of these days, he's liable to come in out of the cotton sweaty and mean, and you're going to reach back and bless Joel Flint for providing you with it, eh? <laughs> Now, there's the kind of man who won't let nothing get in his way. There's the kind of man who knows that he wants and means to get it. And that's the kind of man that I like. Here you are, sir. Compliments of the management. A real four-bit cigar. Come on, sir. Take it. It's for free. Go ahead, man. You don't have to pay for this. Finest bit of tobacco you ever put in your teeth. Come on. Compliments of Joel Flint and his wheel of fortune. <laughs> say, this fellow doesn't say much, does he, gal? Not even thanks, eh? <laughs> Thank you. What well, was that? I'm a little hard of hearing, eh?
4: He said thanks. Thanks for the cigar.
3: Well, that's all right, lady. That's quite all right. You're both welcome to take turns at it, eh?
4: <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: now don't go away, sir. Don't go away. I want you to unwrap that beautiful cigar and shove that beautiful cigar right into your mouth and show the folks around here the kind of man you are. Come on now. Come on. Always knew that man wouldn't know what to do with a real ball cigar, eh? What's all the ruckus about? Howdy, Sheriff. You're just a wee bit late man. Just got bit by a rattlesnake, eh? <laughs> Well, I reckon there's no doubting the part about the rattlesnake. This carnival's been in Jefferson three nights now, Flint, and you've caused some kind of trouble every one of those. Well, people. a little excitement's good for everybody, Sheriff. Folks wait the whole year round for the carnival to come to town, you know. And I'm just waiting for a chance to run you out of town. If you're smart, you'll run an honest game and stay out of trouble. Don't go away mad, Sheriff. Sure, I'm saving you one of those real four-bit cigars any time you got a hankering
5: for
3: it. <laughs> all right, folks. All right, here we go. The Wheel of Fortune. Step right up and win yourself a hundred-dollar prize just as easy as falling off a log. All it takes is four bits to the bottom half of a
6: dollar. Hurry, 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 hurry right this way
3: for the big show. Right this way for the star attraction of the midway. And the show is just about to begin. And
6: just now, Billy, uh, as for the state of your financial condition, sir, the robustness of your purse, lad. <laughs> you got any money, lad? You already gave me a dollar, Gavin. Oh, what's one dollar at carnival, Billy? Here, here, there you
7: are. There's another one.
8: Thanks, Uncle Gavin.
7: Funny thing the way I can stand and watch that wheel spin around all night. Uh, uh what you
6: say, boy?
9: The Wheel of Fortune. Here as it is.
6: Oh, well, that's, that's where that first dollar went, huh? Yes, sir, that's where the other dollar went. Well, that's what I like to see, Billy. A man who isn't easily discouraged.
7: Uncle Gavin, that Wheel of Fortune, it isn't
6: crooked, is it, sir? No. Well, Billy, you're a Sartoris. Now, the men of the Sartoris clan don't go bothering other men with questions. They know they can answer for themselves. Because
7: if the wheel is crooked, sir, I don't care enough about winning to have anything to do with it.
6: Well, I'll
7: give you this much to go on, boy. It's never the wheel that's crooked. Yes, sir. Thank you, Uncle
6: Gavin. Oh, I'll see you inside. Say, Billy, I'm trying to case down the courthouse in the morning, and I thought maybe you might like to sit at the county's table with me. Sort of pass me my papers when I need it.
7: We got a man charged with forgery. A forger? We haven't had a forger in about a year now, Uncle
6: Gavin. Not a forger, Billy. A man charged with forgery. Sorry, sir, that's what I meant. Yes, sir, I'll be real
5: pleased to sit at the county's table with you.
6: Well, now, I reckon that will ensure the county will be adequately represented, young man. Now, good night and good fortune. Uncle Gavin? Yes, boy?
7: Uncle Gavin, that's what I hope to be when I'm
6: a
1: grown man. What?
7: A lawyer. Fine and as good a lawyer as you. (laughs) Now, you look here, young fella, don't you
6: be in any great hurry to become either a lawyer or a grown man. Time's going to catch up with you soon enough. A good night, Mister Sartoris. Good night, sir. Fifty
7: cents
5: to spot.
10: Guess
7: you wait, sonny boy. Win
10: yourself a nice try. Hurry, hurry,
7: Mister, Mister, when are you going to spin that wheel again? Soon as somebody comes around here
3: with some real money, boy. I've got some real money. Yeah, go away, boy. You are blocking the view.
7: <laughs> I'm short Here, what do you call that? <laughs> <laughs> no, sign. never filched anything in my life. Uncle Gavin gave it to me. Uncle Gavin, eh? Who's he? Uncle hmm. Gavin's county attorney. He's just about the most respected man there is in all of oh, Jefferson. No. That's your good-looking watch up there. Yeah, that's because of them 17 jewels and it. worth $100 if it's worth a cent. Yeah, boy, how'd you like to have this watch, We're
3: huh? We're starting
7: that wheel up again. Play number 11 this time. Oh, you don't have to play anything. I
3: am giving you the 17 jewel, $100 watch as a gift. A gift? Oh, no, sir, I couldn't. Well, then maybe I'll let
7: you work for it, huh? Work for it? What kind of work? Well,
3: maybe act as my assistant, spin the wheel Uh, for me, uh, huh? That wouldn't be work,
7: sir. I'd be real pleased to spin that wheel anytime you say. Man, it's the deal, boy. Step
3: right behind the counter, exchange with For this beautiful watch, you just act as my assistant. Spin the wheel for me, eh? Go away, little boy. This game is not for children. Go away. There you are, son. There you are. Thank
7: you. Thank you most kindly, Mr... Flint. uh, Joel Flint. Thank you most kindly, Mr. Flint. That's all
3: right, boy. Give it a turn there, huh? <clears throat>
0: Is
7: that all would do, Mr. Flint? That's all, boy. Now, uh, what'd you say uh, your uncle was again, man? Uncle Gavin? He's county kind of attorney of up torffle County. Mm. That's sort of a jawbreaker thing. Yeah. Get used to
0: it.
3: Old
7: Indian name. I
3: guess he's a kind of highly respected man around these parts, eh, boy? No
7: one's more highly thought of
3: him in Jefferson mm. than Uncle Gavin, sir. Uh-huh. And the folks around here, Billy, they, uh... They know about your being his kin, do they, huh? Sure. Everyone in Jefferson knows about me being Uncle Jab's nephew.
9: He's going help determine by the law.
3: I guess I picked me a real fine assistant, boy. Give it a turn, boy. Yes, sir. Okay, folks. We're giving it away tonight, folks. The wheel of fortune. Here we go. Step right up, folks. The wheel of fortune. That's all it is, boy. Everybody wins tonight on this wheel of fortune. All you gotta do is spin this wheel and put your money down on the line. And the lucky gentleman is like picking up a dollar from the floor. Like picking up a hundred dollars up off the floor, you see? Nobody goes home without an expensive prize here tonight, folks. Believe me, it's the wheel of fortune. The wheel of fortune. Come on, Billy. Keep it turning, Billy. She ain't no good to nobody when she's cold, Billy. Keep her turning. She ain't no good when she's cold, Billy. Keep it turning, boy. Come on,
2: Billy Hey, Billy,
6: you uncle will know you up and join the carnival,
3: Only, only, sir, please, only for this attraction to prove the legality of the wheel. Here we are, folks, the Wheel of Fortune, the meager, paltry sum of 50 cents... Changing into a hundred dollars right before your very eyes. Here we are, folks. Last call, ladies and gentlemen. Last call to change from a poor man into a millionaire.
4: Look at that wheel spinning round and round like that, Papa. Isn't that about the prettiest thing you ever saw in your life?
10: Nothing but foolishness. Just a way of stealing a man's money. Yes, sir. Let's
4: stay a while, Papa. It won't cost no money just to stay a while and watch.
10: Oh, all right. As long as it don't cost nothing, you can stay a while.
4: That sure is a pretty wheel, Papa. And there uh, we have the winner. Eh? I got it. I got it.
3: There he is. There's the lucky gentleman who is going to pick a hundred dollar bill up off the street. Is that not right, sir? Yes, yeah, yeah. sure. Paul, turn around and show the folks yourself. There's old Skim and Rattling
9: Bones.
3: You got a Take down one of those beautiful hundred-dollar prizes and give it to this miserable undernourished shadow of a man. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, may I say something? You look like you ain't ate a square meal in weeks. Do you think, do you think, sir, that you could possibly stave off the pangs of hunger long enough to give your luck another try,
6: huh? I sure can. Give
3: me that old number eleven again. Here we go, boys. The wheel of fortune. Put your money on the line, Billy. Connect
10: it up. Here we go, boy. Here we go. You see that?
4: Papa? That man just won himself a watch. All that man spent was 50 cents and he won himself a hundred dollar watch.
9: Darn foolishness. Why, oh,
4: look there, Papa. There's Billy Sartoris. Well, now you know it can't be crooked with Billy Sartoris there.
9: Last
3: call, ladies and gentlemen. Last call for the to riches. And remember, you got nobody but yourself to blame unless you pick up that gold that's lying there begging at your feet. Hold on a
10: minute. Oh, hold on a minute. Hey, was that you talking or was that me? That was me. (laughs) Fifty (laughs) Sam springs, a hundred dollars, sir. Come
3: on, old man, you can't keep the wheel waiting all night now. What number are you going to play, sir? How should I know? Well, then may I suggest, sir, that you let the beauteous young lady select the number
7: for you because... Fortune, as we all know, has a way of smiling on a beautiful young lady. You go on and pick yourself a number, Melissa. I'll bet your number will win, too. Hmm.
4: Well, I... I guess I'll pick me that nice number 14.
3: Will. Pick that number, 14. I heard the young lady, old man. All right, boy, hard this time. Cut the
4: mustard.
3: On, I want not ever
9: I want another watcher, a gun it Might get a gun. Say, uh, tell me something, boy. Yeah, this old man, yeah. you got any idea who he is?
7: Old man Pritchard, he's got a farm back in the end of town. No one hardly yeah. yeah. sees him except Carnival. clown. Yeah. that's about all.
3: I reckon that they'd be about as poor as Churchman, his only Him and his daughter.
7: I don't know him. Gavin says he's been offered $75,000 for his land. Mm-hmm. What well, yeah. do All right.
10: 14. You stop on fourteen.
4: She run it, she run
10: it, she run it.
3: 14, we have a big new winner, number 14 here. You hear what the man
10: says, girl? You hear what he says? I hear you, Papa.
3: I can't say as I'm surprised, young lady. Fortune always, as I said, has a way of smiling on a beautiful young lady.
9: That's That's all right. All right, old man, all
3: right, now. Which one of these beautiful, wonderful, hundred-dollar expensive gifts would you like to take home with you to the farm tonight, eh? Well, uh, how about one of them pistols? Are them real surefire pistols, mister? Sure-fire enough to shoot a man dead with it. That's what you had in your mind,
7: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> No, it's all wrong. He's got something under the counter. He made that wheel stop on
3: 14. Shut your mouth, young fool. You're talking like you're out of your head.
7: Melissa, I saw it with my own eyes. It's all a cheat. That's what it is. Don't believe the boy, ladies well, and gentlemen. A cheat. The old man yeah, won his boy, prize fair and square. This young sprout's a liar. Melissa, you've known me all my life. You know I'm not a liar.
3: Those dang sartoras always button in. Which one of us are you going to believe, ma'am? I knew
5: from the moment I laid eyes on you that you were someone I could trust, admire, and have faith in. Now, which one you wanna believe, ma'am? The boy. or me, huh? mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Papa! Papa, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, Papa.
10: This is what I get for caring for you. Nobody else that wants you but your papa. And this is the way you pay back your papa for being so good to you.
9: I'm sorry, Papa. You haven't been good to me. You ain't been good
3: to me at all. All right now, boy, you better get out of here before you cause any more trouble. Go on, run
7: along home there. That's good. what Uncle Gavin was trying to tell me. He said it was never the wheel that was crooked, it's the man, the man what's crooked. Why are
9: you loose, nightmare?
7: <laughs>
3: I've been expecting something like this out of you all evening, Flint, and you just couldn't disappoint me. Something like what, Sheriff? I warned you to run an honest game. Or I'd run you out of town. Now okay. you come along. What are you talking about? I ain't done nothing, Sheriff. Ask the boy. Oh, you boy. let me do the managing around here. Huh? Why do you get off harassing
6: a citizen like that, Sheriff? Ask yes, the boy. Now ask that boy if anything happened. I think maybe he's got a point there, Hub. We ought to find out what happened. All right. What did happen,
7: Billy? Did he do you any harm? No, sir. But that wheel there is as crooked as a pig's tail. The boy is a liar. You have any proof that anyone was cheated, boy? Sure, Mr. Pretzel there. That is another
3: lie. The old man here bet 50 cents of his own money fair and square on number 14 coming in. And number 14 coming, see? Now, here. Here you see me pay off the old man with his beautiful thirty-eight caliber revolver. Now, does that allow for anyone being cheated? Have you got any complaints, old man? Complaints? About what?
6: About being swindled, sir. Swindled? <laughs> me Swindled? Only complaints
10: I got is against that young scoundrel.
6: Well, the wheels on the square, all right. Look, Mr. Pritchard, I
7: just won this watch.
6: No, 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 no. Yeah, look. I
7: don't think you,
6: I uh, don't think you got much of a case here, huh? That's what I've been saying all along, ladies and gentlemen.
7: But he's got a brake <laughs> attachment under the counter, Uncle Gavin. He can stop that wheel on any number he likes.
6: I wouldn't doubt what he can, son. But I would say that under the circumstances, about the only charge we could make stick against our friend here. Would be one of excessive generosity. (laughs) It's (laughs) me. (laughs) Generous (laughs) Joel (laughs) Flint, (laughs)
3: they (laughs) told (laughs) me.
9: Oh,
6: Uncle Gavin, you sound like a very fair lawyer to me now. In case I should ever need a lawyer. I would suggest, sir, you engage a good one. In case you ever come up for trial in Yachtla for Now, come along, Billy. We got work to do in the courthouse in the morning. Wait a minute, boy. Wait a minute. You said that I
3: had a break arrangement under that counter. Would you like to look for yourself?
7: There's nothing there.
3: There's
9: nothing there, (laughs) Sheriff. All right, folks, we'll sit on for the night. Everybody better be getting along. Good Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.
10: Good night.
7: Good night, little lady. And uh, good fortune. I'm sorry, Mr. Flint. I sure was wrong about you. I'm real sorry.
3: scream. I'll take my hand away, but don't scream. I'm not going to hurt
5: you, little lady. I promise I wouldn't hurt you for anything. I'm going to take my hand away, but promise you won't scream out for help. huh? Please, little lady, I'm going to take my hand away, but promise you won't call out to the old man. Promise, little lady?
4: What do you want of me, mister? What do you want of me?
5: Nothing. Your name's Melissa, isn't it, huh? I just want to talk to you. Yeah. You don't have many gentleman callers around here, do you, Melissa? Do you?
4: Did you say gentleman caller?
5: You heard right, Melissa. You sure heard right.
4: Then why are you holding on to me?
5: Oh, you don't mind my having my arms around you, do you, huh? That's what a gentleman caller's for. That's what he's supposed to do, Melissa.
4: You ain't going to hurt me, are you, mister?
5: Hurt you? Yeah, there. there, that didn't feel much like I was going to hurt you. Did it,
4: huh? Why'd you do that?
5: Why? I told you why. Because that's what a gentleman caller calling on a lady is supposed to do. You haven't had much of a life out here on the farm with the old man, have you, huh? you? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Believe me. Joel Flint understands. Joel Flint has been a lot of places and he's done a lot of things, and believe me, Joel Flint understands.
4: Let go, of me, Mister, please.
5: Why? You ain't aiming to run into that house again, are you? Huh?
4: No. No, I wasn't thinking of running.
5: That's the girl. Pretty night, isn't it? Huh? You wanna know? You know, it's uh, it's customary for the lady to ask the gentleman caller to be seated. Come on, now. Ask Mr. Flint to be seated.
4: Mr. Flint, will you sit down?
5: Oh, I'd be pleased, ma'am. I'd be mightily pleased. Ah, that's good. <laughs> you know, it's also customary on such occasions for the lady to ask the... ...to be seated next to the gentleman caller, see? Hey, girl! What are
10: you doing out there? What in carnation's name is taking you so long?
5: You do as I say now. Tell him everything's all right. Tell him you were just fixing a hole in the wire around the chicken coop. All right? Go on now. You can talk to him, Melissa. You can speak up to him, Alyssa. Go on.
4: It's all right, Papa. Everything's all right. I'm just fixing a hole in the wire.
10: All right. But don't stay out there all night like that.
4: I won't, Papa. I won't.
5: There. Now, see? That weren't hard. Were it, Melissa?
4: No, Mr. Flint. It weren't.
5: Melissa. <sighs> Melissa. I want you to marry me, Melissa.
4: Well, what? I'll marry you, Mr. Flint. I'll marry you anytime time you say.
1: You have just seen the first act of An Error in Chemistry. And now your host, William Lundigan. You know what
2: this is? Well... It's a new type portable TV camera weighing only four and a half pounds and manufactured by K-Lab in San Diego, California. The amazing part about these miniature TV cameras is their small size makes it possible for us to take television pictures in hard-to-get places a lot easier than with normal-sized cameras. Now you've undoubtedly heard about their extensive use in the fields of medicine, industry, and by telecasting stations throughout the country. Now, when one of our very capable engineers in the control room switches on my little camera, I'll be able to show you many things. Now, you see, there's the regular big camera that's shooting at me. Now, I'm no cameraman, but like you, I know what I can see with my own two eyes. And with my little walkie-lookie camera, I'm going to show you some close-up pictures of the forward look in this smart new 1955 Chrysler Corporation car. It happens to be a Plymouth and a beauty, but it could just as well be a Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, or Imperial. The features I want you to see are exclusively yours in all five great new Chrysler Corporation cars. Now, while I take the pictures of this beautiful car and this beautiful girl, here's Art Gilmore to describe the scene. Watch.
1: We are looking at the great big beautiful world through Chrysler Corporation's exclusive full horizon swept back windshield. It's wrapped around top and bottom. Talk about the forward look. You couldn't have a better view if you were standing on the bridge of a transatlantic ocean liner. And uh, speaking of front seat views, notice the airplane design that the forward look brings to the sweeping curved instrument panels of the 1955 Chrysler Corporation cars. Shift gears... Not with the power flight drive of your new Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, or Imperial. The old steering wheel gear shift is gone. Now you have a simple aircraft type range selector on the control panel right next to the ignition key. Just turn on your engine, click the power flight range selector, and you're on your way. You've just
2: seen through my eyes just a few of the exciting new ideas in automotive design and engineering that are yours exclusively in the five great new cars of Chrysler Corporation. This is the forward look, a look and feel that makes owning the 1955 Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, or Imperial a new experience in modern driving. Try it and see. This year, all eyes are turned to Chrysler Corporation. The forward look. And now our star, Edmund O'Brien, in tonight's production of Climax.
6: There you are, Preacher. Just the way you like it, about this time of the afternoon. <laughs> and here is one iced Coke for you, Mr. Sartoris. Thank you.
0: Just say it to Billy how he's getting to be like a real man growing like a weed. I'll be 16 years old in the
6: spring. Sixteen now?
0: Well, you got a ways to go before you take a little sweetening in your drink.
6: Ain't that right, Mr. Stevens? Well, now, which kind of sweetening do you mean, preacher? Do you mean the sugar or the corn?
2: I mean
7: both, both the sugar and the corn. <laughs> How you like weddings, Billy? Fine. Well, oh, what's the matter, boy? I reckon for a wedding, Mr. Pritchell could have fixed this place up much nicer than this.
10: Oh, take a lot of fixing this place. First a fire to burn it down, then start all over again.
6: Well, true, there is a lack of decoration here. But you know, Billy, folks getting married, they can see beautiful things that the rest of us can't. Isn't that right, preacher? Yes, that's right. Yes, indeed.
0: Hey there, Joe Flint. We've just been talking about you. Well,
6: it's a day to be talking about me, eh? <laughs> yeah, good
3: morning, Billy, Uncle Gavin. Congratulations, Mr. Flint. Uh, thank you, Billy, thank you. Oh, that's a fine boy, Uncle Gavin. A lot of pride being his uncle, huh?
10: Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Where's your bride? Some of the guests have been saying to me it's getting late.
3: Well, she's inside talking to the old man, trying to get him to come out to the wedding. He's not going to come, though.
9: And why not?
3: You know something, preacher? The old man didn't want me to marry his daughter, even trying to stop it. Lots of people try to stop it. For what reason, I don't understand. I was the only gentleman caller this girl ever
10: had. So you deserve the lady and a drink,
5: thank too. Thank you, Preacher, thank you.
3: Oh, uh, straight whiskey, Preacher. You heard me, Preacher, straight whiskey. I heard you. Yes, Mr. Flint. it's a custom of you people I don't intend to learn. Mixing sugar into the whiskey, sweetening it, seems womanish to me, if you don't mind my saying so.
6: I don't mind a bit, sir. <clears throat> You're going to be a neighbor of ours now. We'll respect your habits. You're wondering,
3: aren't you, lawyer? You're wondering how I come to marry Melissa. For the old man's money, you're thinking, huh? For the money his land will bring. Is that what you wonder? No. For love. I love her. Beautiful and gentle creature that she is.
4: The old man won't come out. He won't come to our wedding.
5: Come, love. ...and marry me.
10: Dearly beloved... ...we are gathered here today... ...to join this man... ...and this woman... ...in holy matrimony. Mr.
7: Pritchell? Mr. Pritchell? Who is it? This is Billy Sartorius. What do you want? You all right today, Mr. Pritchell? Can I come in?
10: Will I get you some more to eat? He won't give me no more to eat. He won't let me eat with him. And he won't give me no more than I just had. Maybe if I ask him. Uh, I reckon I was wrong about you, Billy. You're a good boy. You're the only friend I got now. I'll go ask him. No, no. I don't want you to ask him for nothing for me. It ain't right, Billy. It ain't right at all.
7: Why didn't you come out, Mr. Pritchell?
10: Because he don't want me around. Oh, I know why he married my girl. To get my money. To get my land. But he ain't gonna do it. I ain't going out of this room. And I ain't gonna sell my land.
7: Can't I get you some more to eat?
10: He ain't gonna do it. He ain't gonna get my money, and he ain't gonna get my land. No matter what tricks he tries,
9: I'll show him. Oh, uh, Billy boy, come here a minute, eh?
7: He won't come out, Mr.
3: Flint. He doesn't want any more to eat. Tell me something, Billy. Your Uncle Gavin mind you coming over here so often? Every Sunday morning and lots of afternoons in between, huh?
5: No. Mm
3: -hmm. When you get home, they
7: question you about it, huh?
5: Questions? No, sir. Uh-huh. Tell me something, Billy. The old man. What did he want in there just now? Well,
7: he said he wasn't going to come out of his room, and you wasn't going to get his land or his money, no matter what tricks. Tricks, huh? Eh? Let me show you something, Billy. You
3: see you see this half dollar here? Huh? Real solid half dollar, but you go like that, and it gets a little rubbery, see? <laughs> now you just rub it on the elbow like that, see? Just rub it on the elbow a couple of times like that, and poop! Gone, Billy
5: boy, gone. Gee.
3: You admire Joel Flint, don't you, Billy, huh?
5: Yes, sir. Yeah, that was a real fine trick just now, wasn't it, Billy?
3: Huh? Oh,
9: yes,
5: sir. Yes, sir, Billy. All right, Billy, you run along now. Huh, Billy,
3: wait a minute, boy. Wait a minute. What's that there? Oh, Billy, you've got that half dollar you stole it from me. You. you can have it, boy. You can have it. Billy, folks ask you about Joel Flint and his wife. You tell them they get along real fine, huh, Billy? Let me have the sheriff, eh, please? Sheriff, this is Joel Flint. It's about my wife.
5: That's right. I just killed her.
3: You heard me, Sheriff. I said I just killed her. Huh? You better come down here and get me, Sheriff. What?
5: (laughs) Hey, Sheriff. Why would I want to fool you now, eh, Sheriff? Huh? I married her. In. Well. Sorry to mess up your Sunday like this.
6: Well, Ben? Yep. Dead about an hour, I reckon. Must have been an
3: accident. No accident. I told you I killed her. Put a gun on him, Ben, so he don't run. Now, isn't that silly? If I was going to run, would I have called you up, told you to come get me, huh? Where's the old man? Locked in
5: his room. He won't come out.
3: I don't know what kind of trick it is you're playing, but I mean to find out. Let's go. Mr. Pritchell! Mr. Pritchell! Open up in there.
10: Take that murderer out of my house.
3: Open this door, old man. You hear me? Open this door. He's probably got it bolted from the inside, Jerry. Get out of
10: my house. Take that murderer with you and get out.
3: Mr. Pritchard, listen to me.
10: What do you want now?
3: I will need a statement from you.
10: I'll give you a statement, all right, when the time comes for it.
3: Ben, you better stick around and see that nothing happens to the old man we get that statement. I'll take the prisoner back to town and book him on suspicion of murder. Call the... County attorney and have him meet me. Yes, sir. You ready? Oh, you're not going to need that, Sheriff,
5: really. Sure, I'm ready. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it over an hour now.
3: All right. right, let's be going.
5: Hello, Ed.
7: Howdy,
6: Mr. Stevens. Where's the sheriff?
7: In here.
10: Talking to Flint. All
6: right. I got to tell you, you're as
3: cold-blooded as ever seen. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. huh Oh, hi, Jim. Oh, lawyer man, eh? Now it gets interesting, eh? Why'd you
6: kill her, Flint?
5: <laughs> you tell him, sheriff.
6: <laughs> he gives me another answer every time I ask him. No, sir, sir.
3: I've been sitting there long enough.
6: You know what interests me about you, Flint, is why you gave yourself up. Remorse?
3: Well, I ain't been crying. I ain't cried all day, have I, Sheriff? I've never seen one like you.
6: Why, Melissa? Why that poor child?
5: Well, she was my wife. And she was close at hand. There's no decency in you at all,
6: is there? You want me to answer for him? Now, but you killed the wrong person, Flint.
5: Well, that's the most interesting thing I heard so far. How do you figure?
6: The old man. He's the one. Then it'd make some sense. The land he owns. He's the one with the assets, Flint, not my
5: less. Well, I guess I'm just not interested in assets, then. You killed the wrong person. Why,
6: the old man's been offered all kinds of money for his land. There are men in town here right now trying to make a deal with him. For his jackpines, for an access road to the pulp mill. Except he swore he wouldn't sell an inch of it while he lived. Now, if he were dead, you could sell the land and be rich.
5: Well, I guess the only thing I am. Is in jail.
6: <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more time, Flint. What's the strategy? Why did you give yourself up? You said it.
5: Remorse. Only, I can't cry.
3: Why don't you say something sensible, Flint? Don't you realize the penalty for murder in this state's electrocution?
5: You know, that was one of the first things I thought about, sir. Anything else, boy?
6: What are you doing here, boy?
7: Is it for sure you got him locked up? I can't believe it.
6: Oh, Billy, Billy, boy, I told you not to be in a hurry to grow into a man's world. Now, well, as long as you're here, this, this is a part of it. Now, now, you just sit down there and let it catch up with you. Yeah, I, I expect it's drifting down over you now like wet snow on a warm winter night. Ed... You can go home now. I'll take it. Well, see you all tomorrow. Good night. Good night, Sheriff. Good night, Mr. Stevens. Good night, Ed. Billy. Good
7: night, Mr.
6: Jackson. It's beyond me, him in there. You know, Hub, I'm worried. About what? That old man out there. You sure he's all right? As snug as a bug in his bed. Ben Berry's out there with him. He's got orders to go to sleep locked up against the old man's door. Uh, did you see him? No, I talked to him. Did you get a statement from him? No, but I'll get one tomorrow. Well, I'll meet you out there tomorrow. Bright and early. Come along, Billy.
7: Sheriff. Sure. Who well, son? About Joel Flint. Well? What? Nothing. Nothing, I guess. Tass,
6: good night. Good night, huh?
1: Second act of An Error in Chemistry. And now, once again, your host, William Lundigan.
2: The news is everywhere. Everyone who has seen the forward look by Chrysler Corporation seems to love it, particularly the ladies. And that's as it should be.
4: It's the ladies who set the style. In cars this year, the fashion look is the forward look. Whether your car is Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, or Imperial, it's a fashion setter. There's high style in every line, in the sleek, modern sweep of the silhouette, in the sparkling richness and elegance of every custom detail. See the motion, the grace of the unbroken line, swift and smooth from front grille to taillight. It has the distinction of the forward-look cars by Chrysler Corporation. And Chrysler Corporation gives you yet another way. In its five great cars, you can choose your car in the color combination of your dreams. Hundreds of exciting color ideas. See them for yourself at your dealers. And the exquisite color styling is carried right through your car. See the decor of the trims. How the rich, deep carpeting blends perfectly with the exterior. There's just enough chrome to lend sparkle and elegance. And see how magnificently the luxurious upholstery picks up and coordinates all of the other textures. This beautiful metallic thread cloth, designed and woven expressly for Chrysler Corporation. And you can select your fabric from many. Perhaps you prefer the new sculptured weave or an abstract motif. Every fabric has a purpose. Every one is custom designed and color blended to coordinate the inside of your Chrysler Corporation car. And ladies, these fabrics are so practical for today's driving.
2: If you haven't seen the five great cars of Chrysler Corporation, go in and see them at your dealers now. Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler, and Imperial, and you'll see why women who know fashion choose the forward look by Chrysler Corporation. And now we continue with Climax tonight, starring Edmund O'Brien.
6: Billy, a lot of Gavin. Give
7: them to him, son. Mr.
10: Precho! Mr. Precho! Get away! Get off my property! Get out of here, boy!
7: I bought you some food, sandwiches, and some coffee.
10: You got what you say? Hand it here.
3: There you are. The old man's okay. Ben Berry says he's been screaming and carrying on
6: like that all night. Stomping around like he was out of his his mind with grief. Answer me this one question. Why was Joel Flint so anxious to be put in jail? Well, I don't understand why he wanted to be put in jail, but I know what happens when he escapes from one. He makes
3: tracks out of the county and out of the state of Mississippi. Uh, Well, what's been done to find him? Well, I got a bulletin out with the state police. They'll catch him. Next time we see Joel Flint, he'll be in manacles.
6: You know, Hub, sometime last night, Joel Flint made it very clear why he wanted to be put in jail. Why? So he could escape from it, Billy. It's all part of a strategy. Billy, your uncle's a great attorney, but sometimes he gets real deep. Now, Joel... Sheriff!
9: Sheriff?
6: Sheriff have just spotted Flint over at Frenchman's Bend. Are they sure? Of course they're sure. Miss Barton saw on, and so did Ed.
1: He was with her. They're getting the and dogs out right now. Well, I
6: reckon i better be there. You coming along, Gavin? Uh, No, thanks, Hub. Uh, They're holding a funeral service for Melissa over at the churchyard about 12 o'clock. I don't reckon there'll be too many folks out to pay their last respects. Well, suit yourself. Oh, Ben. Yes, sir? Did the old man say anything last night about wanting to attend that funeral? Well, no, sir, he didn't. What with cussing and railing at me all night to get off his premises,
2: he said he wouldn't leave here for anything.
6: Mm. Well, good luck over at Frenchman's Bend, Hub. All right, Ben. Old man? You want to go to that funeral with me, old man? I'd be glad to take you. Get
10: out of here. Get off of my property and stay off.
9: Well,
7: you coming to churchyard with me, Billy? I don't know, Uncle Gavin. I'm afraid I wouldn't feel too well watching Melissa buried. Mm. Billy? Yes, sir? You don't really believe Joel Flint to be guilty of the murder of that girl, do you? No, sir. Even though we got a confession? Uncle Gavin, I stood next to you at the county's table when a man confessed a crime he never committed. That never was enough to satisfy you, sir. Thank you, Mr. Sartoris. Thank you indeed. Mr.
5: Pratchell.
7: Mr. Pratchell? Mr. Pratchell?
9: Who could let me now? I thought everybody had gone away and left me in
7: peace. This is Billy Sartoris. Did you like your sandwiches? What do you want? I'll stay in case you need something, Mr. Pritchell. Anything at all. Just call on me to help you.
9: I don't want any help. I don't want any help from you or anybody.
7: Mitchell. don't you know me? I'm Billy Sartoris.
9: Sure, I know you. What are you doing in this room?
7: Nothing. I was just looking around. You've
9: been in that trunk, haven't you? You got that three sheet out of that trunk. Three sheet? Give it to me. Here. It's back in here.
7: Maybe you ought to answer it, Mr. Pritchell. Maybe it's the sheriff calling to tell you that Captain Joel Flynn. Answer that phone, boy. Go on, answer that dang phone. Yes, sir. Hello? Uncle Gavin? Why, yes, sir. I'm still out here. No, sir. No trouble. Yes, sir. Everything's fine. Good. Well, now, listen to me carefully,
6: Billy. There's still an hour or two before Melissa's burial. Now, I came home to change my clothes, and I found a couple of gentlemen here waiting to see me. Now, Billy, these men are from the company that wants to buy
7: old man Pritchell's land. Yes, sir.
6: Now, listen, Billy. Is the old man still in his room?
7: Is the old man still in his room? Yes, sir. He... He's still in his room. All right, Billy.
6: Now, I want you to ask the old man if he'll agree to see these men if I bring them out there.
7: All right, Uncle Gavin. It's my Uncle Gavin... that meddlesome old lawyer What? He wants to know if he can bring some men out here to talk to you about selling your land.
9: You tell him if those men are ready to do business right away if they come out here with the money in their hand. All right. Otherwise, I'll throw them off my land for trespassing.
6: Uncle Gavin? I heard that, Billy. He says you've got to bring the money with you.
9: We'll give him a certified
3: check for $75,000 the minute we enter his house.
7: You hear that, Billy? Yes, sir. Those men said to give you a check for 75000 dollars the minute they come into the house. All right, Uncle Gavin.
9: They on their way out here now? Yes, sir. All right. Billy, we'll just sit here and wait for him. You go on. And get me that coffee and sandwiches, like you said, and we'll just sit and wait for him. Nice and peaceful. All right.
6: Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Pritchell, these uh, gentlemen are from the Atlanta Paper Company. This is Mr. Adams and Mr. Gaines. How do you do, sir? How do you do? Sir? And uh, here, sir, is a certified check for $75,000. I'll just take that check. Uh, you have the deed to property, Mr. Pritchell? Of
9: course I have the deed. Who else would have the deed?
6: Well, sir, that's just fine. Now, as long as the law requires a witness to the signature on the deed, why, that'll be me. That's. Oh, yes, sir. I almost forgot. This belongs to you. A check for $75,000. Oh.
9: So many things have happened in the last couple of days, it's hard for an old man to think straight. Well, I think that now with Melliscon and... That Joel Flint who killed her. Uh...
6: Yes, sir. Now, if, if we could just get on with the signing of the deed, sir, I'd be glad to take you to the funeral. If you'd care to go, there still be well, time.
9: Maybe I will. I don't know. It's not every day an old man like me can swing a big business deal like this. This calls for a mite of a celebration. Uh, give me some glasses back there. Yes, Come on. Uh, I guess there's no point in my holding on to the farm. What with milit gone and that Joel Flint killed her. I guess I might as well get rid of the land, huh? Oh. <laughs> Almost forgot the water and sugar there, huh? Mixed with the whiskey. All right, boy, get me the water back there, will you? Come on. Oh.
7: Master of losing disappears while you watch him. Uncle Gavin, do you know who that is?
6: I think I do, Billy. Just hold him down there.
5: Nice. Oh, yes. Well,
6: Mr. Flint, you never could have perpetrated a more basic error in chemistry than to try to dissolve sugar directly into raw whiskey. There's only one way to make a cold toddy, sir. And that's to put the water in the glass first, like this. Then, add a little sugar. Mix it properly, like that. And then, and only then, Mr. Flint, do you add the whiskey. As old man Pritchell, whose watchmen make cold toddies for 70 years and made them and drunk them himself for 53 of those years, would know, old man Pritchell, whom you murdered sometime in the middle of the night, he would know that then... And only then, you add the whiskey. This is the way we drink our whiskey down here in Yachtapatofa County, sir. A little sweet, but not enough to kill the bite. Now then, what did you do with the old man?
5: There he is. Boy. Spoiled it for you, eh, boy?
8: Chrysler Building, all attendance records are broken as crowds flock to the premiere of the new cars. Nearly 11 million people across the country turn out on opening day for their first glimpse of the forward look. 23,000 are clocked inside the Chrysler International Salon in the first nine hours as they inspect the all-new Plymouth, Dodge, DeSoto, Chrysler and Imperial. The West Coast sees the forward look reflected in the new DeSoto as it arrives at the Los Angeles home of a new owner. He bought it right off the floor on opening day. Down in Dallas, the new Chrysler makes its first appearance. The long, low, forward look draws enthusiastic praise from the Texans. And they don't throw compliments around loosely. On the campus at SMU, a 1955 Plymouth gets the student vote as the all-new car of the year. First films of the forward look in Florida. Rolling along Miami's Biscayne Bay, this crowd-stopping beauty promises to be the hit of the 1955 winter season. In Chicago, as everywhere, the man in the street has the final word. I think the car's got some very, very nice lines to it. This
7: is the car I'd like my husband to buy me. I think it's a
6: beautiful thing. It's the finest-looking car I've seen. What I like about the car is the new wraparound windshield design. I think it's a dandy. I like the color effects, and I like the style. I think it ought to go over big. It's a beautiful car, the most beautiful car I've ever seen. That's the car for me.
2: On Climax next week, adventure, intrigue, excitement, and terror. The author of our story, one of the masters of that section of drama, Eric Ambler. The locale, the south of France. The people involved, the guests of a small and deadly hotel. It's called Epitaph for a Spy, and our star, Edward G. Robinson. Incidentally, I'm heading for New York and Detroit tonight to talk with some of the folks in our five division plants... And bring back some new and unusual side lights on what they are doing to constantly bring you cars for finer and safer driving. So, although I'll be away for a week, Climax most certainly will not. And as I say, stars next week Edward G. Robinson in Epitaph for a Spy. This is William Lundigan saying thank you and good night.
1: Been brought to you by Chrysler Corporation, maker of these five great cars Plymouth, Dodd, DeSoto, Chrysler, and Imperial. Chrysler Corporation, the forward look. Art Gilmore speaking, Climax is a CBS television network production.
0: Welcome back. I'm always impressed with these television programs which were shot live when they have as few flubs as this episode did. Emma O'Brien was a good choice to play Joel Flint, particularly those scenes that required the little bit of sleight-of-hand stuff. O'Brien was not only a great character actor who would take home the best supporting actor Oscar in 1955, but he had taken magical lessons when he was a kid from Harry Houdini. It's an interesting story. As you know, the solution, it becomes apparent that Flint was eager for any opportunity to scam anyone, and the situation he was presented here was just a perfect storm of an isolated and lonely woman, her misanthropic father their general oscillation from the community, and him owning valuable land. Douglas Kennedy is good as Uncle Gavin, and throughout most of the piece, he seems like just a genial Southern gentleman. He's compassionate, sagacious, and a real father figure to his nephew. But when it comes to the end, he lowers the boom with style as he unmasks Flint and his activity. It's a traditional sort of mystery uh, resolution for this era, uh, but I think it's done with uh, some nice style. The story originally appeared in a 1946 issue of Ellery Queen Mystery Magazine. One issue that I do take with the way that it was portrayed on television is that in the original story... Flint, as the old man, was blaming the police for letting Flint escape and pledging to spend the money to help track down his daughter's killer. Without that element, Flint looks a lot more sociopathic and unable to understand how people with real emotions might act. And that probably should have set Uncle Gavin off more than him failing to mix the drink right. The commercials are a bit of a highlight on this, and I do have to say that it's amazing to see how popular these cars were at the time of their release. They were practically uh, as popular as iPhones are today. I guess each generation has its trend. All right, well, that's all for now.